Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... <laughs> Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> what is up, everybody? Welcome in to this episode of Big Drive Energy brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I am your host at Big Drive Spence here with my brother, buddy, golf friend, sometimes asshole, Big Drive Mitch at Mitchell Smith. What's up, dude? What's happening, brother? Glad to see you. Glad to see you too. I love it. After a full day of work, you just got to stare at your face again on this uh, this Zoom. So we yeah, also have a, a special we also have a special guest today with us, our OG golf bro. Um, kind of guided our first couple podcasts with DNVR. You guys know him as RK. Um, probably the guy I golf with the most now that we live in some, somewhat the same area. So, uh, welcome RK to the show. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing great. I was just kind of hoping you would say I'm also sometimes an asshole. Oh uh, yeah. Well, we, we don't, we don't want to let everyone know that, you know, <laughs> we, we kind of keep that on the DL. Also live in somewhat the same area as in like somewhat the same side of our building. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want everybody knowing that we lived we'll together. Drop you know, we'll drop the address in the comments. <laughs> Come we'll, through. We'll drop, we'll, we'll drop the apartment numbers. Pool um, party this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Lit, <laughs> lit pool for sure. But uh, all right. So today we're going to get into. We're going to talk about the uh, women's Olympics, which finish up after our last recording of Big Drive Energy. Mitchell's going to give us some uh, info on who took home gold there. I know we tweeted it out from our account this week. Uh, and then we're going to get into the highs and lows of golf, just the highest scores we've ever seen, the highest scores we've ever made. And then we got a ton of submissions on Twitter, Discord, Facebook, all that stuff. So we'll go through some of those and discuss um, basically what that feels like. And 
Uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you out there listening, if you've played golf and even if you're good at golf, uh, it's not something that we're, any of us are, um, oh, I'm not thinking of the correct word. Proud right of? Now. Well, proud of is one of the words, but like immune to, that's the word. I'm oh, yes. Nobody is immune to making a, a 12 <clears throat> or a, a 15 on a hole. If you want to go 10 cup style and just keep hitting the shot and you have to actually finish the hole. We're not counting any X's here because there's plenty of those. I see those on the scorecards every week from our men's and women's league, but, and, and plenty of 16s. Um, but we're, uh, we're going to get into the highs and then some of the lows. Um, Parker and I played in a scramble benefiting a great cause of the Alzheimer's Association on Tuesday over at Raccoon Creek. And we did have some string, but we went like silly low. It was like, we eagled, I think five holes in a row at some point. It was just, it was just dialed. We were dialed. We had Perna who was worthless, loved Brandon Perna, but absolutely worthless on the golf course. He rolled in with a, (laughs) (laughs) he rolled in with a rental set. Uh, If that gives anybody (laughs) any idea of how good he was, I think we used one of his shots all day. Uh, don't tell anyone from the course that though, because we were supposed to use two drives per nine from each player, one drive per nine, but you know, it just, uh, so you need to file that under cheating. No, we didn't know. <laughs> we didn't know. No, oh, yeah. That's we fair. found that we found that out afterwards, but we did use one of his shots. Um, and we almost used one of his drives, but then I bombed on like onto the green on a par four and we just couldn't, couldn't get yep. ourselves to use. Perna hits his shot of the day, smokes a drive right down the middle is like a 310 yard hole. And he rolls up like 15 yards short of the green and he's hyped. Spence just bombs one. His ball waves hello to Perna's ball and uh, drops 10 feet behind the hole and just stops. It was a. Yeah. When Spencer's hot, you got to ride him. He's like a horse. I'm, it was on us. Are we getting into this now or are we getting into this later? Yeah, let's just start it. Let's start with the, the real lows. Let's start with the lows of our – let's talk about our 46 at Raccoon Creek. That's 46 and 18 holes. That's yes. a lot lower than most people shoot on nine holes. So uh, I just want to ask you guys because you guys see more scramble scores than I have. I've never even seen a scramble score that low, let alone be a part of it. And, yes, there was all sorts of little gimmicks that we got to use in our favor, but there usually are. I, I've never seen below 50. Yeah, well, yeah. So, I, I mean, we've seen a couple of in the 40s. Uh, um, it, I think what, what really does every, it in is the string. Yes. Because the second you have string, which we had fruit by the foot, which was actually, I thought, a really cool <laughs> idea. Um, once, you, once you get rid of it, you kind of eat it. But, yeah, as far as the scramble goes, we're usually right in the, like, 54. 56 to 58 is winning it 55s like something right in that range is what usually wins just a generic 18 hole scramble i know at the valley of fun we're a not a tough golf course by any means whatsoever but we there's not a lot of twos on our golf course because with no string especially because the par threes aren't easy i mean if you're playing the blue tees even four good players aren't going to hit it much inside you know 10 feet 12 feet 15 feet on any of the par threes if the pins are you know, not in the easiest position. So we're usually seeing right around 55, 56, but a uh, string can definitely get, get you down there into the forties. We've seen a few in the forties, but I think the thing I love about seeing a scramble score in the forties is just, you know, that everyone else in the group that didn't shoot in the forties is like, first of all, they think we're cheaters or think they're cheaters, right? You yes. always get that, but you also get people that just flat out don't believe it. 
and they, because they don't understand how string works. And that's, that's gotta be the main key of it is just understanding how the use of string, you know, mulligans, mulligans are great. Obviously they help if, if you don't have one in play off a tee box out of four players, which is fairly rare, depending upon who you're playing with, but the string, if used correctly, like we did, it just absolutely destroys the field and destroys the strokes. Yeah. And they gave us the opportunity to have way too much string. Um, And I think the string is fun. It definitely creates lower scores. Um, but like we talked about for uh, the, DN, the the kickoff classic um, in September, like I, it, it doesn't force you to, to like make great shots. You know what I mean? Like to win a scramble, even though it's an easier format, you know going into that day we're going to have to make some putts. When there's string, again, it's fun, but you don't actually have to make anything. Like I, I, usually when, when – good golfers miss a putt it's within a foot and if you have string you can just use that all day so um it was fun but i just have to say like we were dialed on like a a whole other level like first of all spencer like you said mitch when he gets hot you just hop on and and enjoy the ride we were originally doing like a um match where whoever's shots we use the most out of uh each hole so it was like um Spencer and Perna were a team and me and Ruto were going to team and we were going to keep track of it. And then at one point, Spencer strung together like eight straight of holes of just them winning. Every, <laughs> he just hit every shot. So we just stopped counting after that. Um, but it was, it was so fun. And like you said, the course was perfectly laid out for this. Like there was, like you said, we made five straight Eagles at one point. Cause it was like a par three where we had a little like game where if you got it within five steps or something you could count it as a hole in one then the next one was a short par four we drove the green the next one was a par five we made the we made the three and it was just like the course was set up to score and it was just it was so fun because even when Spencer wasn't dialed it just happened to be the the one time me or Ruto would just hit like a great shot and tight and it was like a nice little nice little ham and egg there from us so probably the most yeah. fun I've had at a scramble because of how low we went and how we were just all just making, making plays when we had to. Yeah. A 46 is pretty insane. I mean, obviously, like you said, string being involved, if you have six tap-ins that are six inches or less, you have four feet of string, you know, that, that can definitely change the game. But at the same time, I mean, you still got to hit the shots. You still got to get the, the putts close it definitely just changes the scoring a little bit when you get to the string aspect, but I will say the lowest um, straight up just four person scramble I've ever seen was when I was down in Florida, we were having uh, at the junior Ryder cup Academy, there was like a get to know each other day where we just got paired randomly with four players and we played a scramble and there was obviously a lot of good players down there, but uh Doug Gim was on one of the scramble. He was playing in it. He was on one of the scramble teams and his team shot 48 um, just straight up with four Eagles on the par fives or I'm sorry. What? So it'd be eight. Yeah. So four Eagles and uh, 14 birdies, I want to say. So, or I'm sorry, six Eagles. If it was, yeah, it was a par 72. So six Eagles and the rest birdies. Yeah. 12 birdies and six eagles. So 
And that was no string, no nothing. Playing a legitimately tough golf course down in Florida, at, uh, not PG, uh, PGA headquarters. And I was like, holy shit, dude, this, I mean, you could just tell the kid was built different right off the bat. And I'm pretty sure they probably used about half his shots because he was 16 and already hitting it 310 plus at sea level. So uh, I, that was the first time where I was like, damn, 48 legit in a scramble is pretty fucking low. Yeah, that's shockingly low. And I was actually going to ask you guys that. If they took the top four golfers in the world, I don't know exactly what the rankings are right now, and put them out at Raccoon Creek yesterday with no strings, no mulligans, what do you think they would they would shoot? I, I'd have to guess about around what you guys shot. I was going to say, I'd like, probably I was say, of like where they could have picked up strokes on us. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're basically going to birdie every single hole. And anything that's yeah. drivable, I bet they eagle it. So, I mean, any par fives are going to eagle, any drivable fours, any um, – I mean, maybe they toss in a hole-in-one at some point. Who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just – if they're all on, I bet they could shoot in the mid to high 40s for sure. Yeah, I think even at a legitimately tough golf course – you put four of the best players in the world out there and you give them four chances at, you know, a long drive and hitting it in the fairway. Cause I think that's a, a lot of, a lot of what we see even with the long hitters is it, the fairway accuracy is huge. And then it kills your second shot, which then makes you have a longer putt. Like if these guys have wedges in their hands on every, every par four and there's four of them, even if there was two of them, even two pros in a scramble, like you're, uh, maybe maybe three, even three pros in a scramble, just hitting three shots. I think, I think in the forties is is a relatively normal number for them if they were just just scramble it out and they were actually grinding and cared about it. The other thing is they have such a leg up on us when it comes to evaluating the lie, the wind, the way the green is sloped, everything. Like they, when they're hitting from a hundred yards out every single time they're probably putting one of them is going inside five feet every time. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no question about that. And there's just so many other outside factors. Like, I mean, in the shark shootout that they play down in Florida in the fall, usually um, they play uh, scramble one of the days. And I think both pro, or I mean, it's a two man scramble one day. And I, I want to say the scores are usually in the mid to high fifties to I mean, a high score for them is like low 60s on a two-person scramble for two tour guys on a tour caliber golf course. So between two guys, they're probably making 12 to 14 birdies. So you got to think. I mean, yeah. obviously there's a ceiling to it. You can only go so low unless you're making hole-in-ones and, you know, a bunch of eagles and all that. But they go stupid low even when it's just two of them. Yeah, and that, that led me to say like – why is this not a TV event? Because I, I feel like we've seen in golf the last year or so, people are interested in these different formats, like with the match and stuff. I think if you let PGA pros put together their own teams and put, put on a scramble with like a million dollar purse, just on a, on one of the like weekends before the actual golf season starts, I feel like one, it would make for great TV and two, it would just be super fun to watch. 
Yeah, I feel like golf in general, uh, I think they're they're moving slowly towards that. And I do think that I think that'd be a great idea, even, you know, get like two pros and like their two caddies and do like a four person scramble, just something to uh, invite basically more of a relaxed game into the PGA yep. Tour. And I feel get like they're up. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like they're starting that because they had to, like the match was like one thing that they could actually put on when it first started last year and the TV ratings were through the roof. And I feel like golf is slowly starting to see that people like normal, like how many people have you met? And and you have a lot of like golf friends. We have a lot of golf friends, especially our age. How many people have you met where you're like, Oh, you like golf? Cool. Yeah. I like like, do you watch it? No. Like you get that answer mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, nobody's sitting at home, especially once fall rolls around on their couch on a Sunday watching golf, you know, it, it, and it, and it sucks. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. And the other thing is, do you have anyone who likes golf that doesn't love a scramble? No, yeah. absolutely not. I was so hyped to wake up and play a scramble. Cause I was like, guess what? If I don't hit a good shot, I just hope three other guys do, and I get another crack at it from hopefully the middle of the fairway or the barely into the rough instead of into the weeds where I just blew one. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I will I will say this too. I mean, pay per view is honestly not a bad way to go. They've got these guys that if you can put it together and and get a network to stream it, then why not put together more pay per view style stuff or not even necessarily pay per view, but get uh, like Fox on board or get CBS on board or whoever with their, their national presence and just put together a match and go to the course, get a, a crew. I mean, it, I'm making it sound easier than it actually is, but it's very doable. And I think one of the most attractive things too, about even, not even if it was PJ tour pros, but like Spencer said, like players with their caddies, I think an average player also playing is very attractive to your average golfer. Like when everybody was tweeting about how the Olympics should have some average person come play or come participate just to show everyone how tough it actually is. Like, I think when people watched Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, half of them love their, their bad shots more than they love their good shots. You know what I mean? It's a, it's very relevant to, other golfers to not just watch somebody hit every fairway, every green, make every putt. They want to see the bad shots. They want to see the other golfers are human. So I think that the mixture of really good and really bad is, is a good thing for golf because it's like anything else. You there, there's the not top 10 and there's the top 10. You know what I mean? There's nothing, nobody cares about average or in between you either got to be real bad or real good to get eyeballs on you. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Ray. I was just saying that plays well into what we were talking about earlier, Spencer, with we talked about the lows of the scramble and the highs, like the, you know, the videos of when professional golfers screw up, everyone loves those. Oh yeah. That, that leads us right into um, basically this weekend, uh, Siwoo Kim made now on, he's now the record holder for the highest score on a par three. He recorded a 13 and uh, when we get into some of our like listener submissions about what they made, like a lot of the times, I mean, these are still bad. Don't I'm not giving them, I'm not giving anyone credit for making a 16. It's hilarious. It's awesome. And I'm glad people did it. So we have stuff to read on Twitter, but the 90% of the time when you see this, it's like a par five, a lot of water, 
um, bunkers, you know, maybe some areas you can get in real trouble in, but to do it on a par three over the water is for a PGA tour pro is absolutely hilarious to me. And when I saw this is kind of what got, has got me thinking about basically how, how does this happen? So Siwoo Kim's, if you guys didn't see it, he hit uh, five shots into the water and it was the highest score recorded on tour since 1983 at TPC Southwind on the 11th hole. Um, and the best part about it is, is sometimes it's like, okay, you hit two shots in the water and then you try to figure it out and you go around and then you don't end up making this, but five consecutive shots straight into the water is just like, it's a complete mental lapse. Um, but it's also just, it, from a guy that hits so many great golf shots all the time and has been like contending at a lot of go- uh, professional golf tournaments this year. Um, he, it, <laughs> I just don't, I guess I don't get it. I, I mean, I've made probably a 12 before or 13 before, but that's me being a 15 year old idiot high school golfer who thinks he can hit it, you know, hits it out of bounds a few times or just can't finish the slice. Um, and I think the greatest part about this is he ends up, um, he finishes last in the tournament, but he ends up uh, birdieing three of the last four holes and birdied the hole right after it. So it's just like the contrast of golf. And, and even in players that aren't good, like I was talking to some guys today at the shop and uh, there's this lady in our women's league who I'm not going to mention, but she is not good. And if you know, like 16, 17, 18 at Spring Valley is a par five with a lot of out of bounds and like the lead, the most hated hole. Um as my uh, fiance Kylie said, she's, she said, I won't even start with number 16. She doesn't even like teeing off on it. There's houses all right out of bounds. There's hazard all left and just heavy weeds. And then 17 is a short par three and then 18 is another par five with that's super long, especially for ladies. And she went, uh, I recorded the score this week and I actually took a picture of it. She went 14 on, on 16 took a two deuce, like a birdie on 17 <laughs> and then finished with a 12. So she was a, a combined, uh, what is that? Seven, 16, 15 over in three holes with a birdie. So it's just crazy. Yeah, it's funny about uh, 16. A lot of people don't like that hole. I love that hole. Oh, I do too. I do too, <laughs> absolutely. I think once, if you hit a good drive, you're like licking your chops with like eight, seven, eight, nine iron in your hand, depending upon the wind that day. But Who it's the just, hell are you? Seven, eight, nine iron, Jesus. It just depends upon. I the usually wind. have like four iron or hybrid, but I mean, last, I I'm usually in the fairway. Spencer's not, so they last time I played, they had the uh, we were playing one up from the tips, and they had them up by the white tees. Oh and, my god, it's a pitch and putt. Yeah, I was gonna say we we all had wedges in. Yeah, yeah, that's no longer a par five at that point. <laughs> um, but yeah, sixteen's a tough one. I actually. One of the craziest scorecards I've seen out at the Valley of Fun in our men's league was a, a dude who um, he he actually ended up making like three or four hundred dollars in skins. He made uh, two birdie here. He finished uh, birdie eagle birdie. I think he had two uh, or three birdies in an eagle on the nine and he shot 48. Oh, so, my God. I was like, dude, and he's not a very good, um, like handicap wise, he's not great. I think he's like around a bogey golfer, 
So he actually played to his handicap, but I think he made double digits on one hole. And then he made a legit eagle on 16, birdied 17, and birdied 18. And still shot a 48. I was like, dude, how is this the correct scorecard? Am I looking at this right? Like, I I was just – it blew my mind, so. Yeah, and then the I think the best flex of the weekend was uh, Kevin Na, who – he, he, so he's the one that posted on Instagram uh, at Kevin Na 915 uh, PGA at PGA tour highest par three score ever 13 today by at Siwoo Kim and highest par four score ever by me 16 hashtag not a record to hold hashtag PGA tour. We needed John Daly on this flight for the highest par five score. And I don't know if you guys remember the, the par, uh, the 16 from Kevin Na was a couple of years ago at the Valero Texas open. And I was at TPC San Antonio. Yeah, it was. And I don't believe he actually lost a ball on that or hit one into a hazard. I think he, if I remember correctly, I just remember it was on not top 10 as it should be. He had like, he was in like those foresty kind of Texas looking trees and absolutely just kept hacking at it until he, <laughs> until he got it out. It was one of the funniest things because like, on, like any of us, if we're not playing around where we're trying, you know, we're either dropping after two or three shots out of that, or we're just picking up and taking an X, but these dudes, like, I mean, if you're playing on Saturday, Sunday, you, you know, each swing is you're losing $10,000. So I don't know what, sometimes what gets into people, they just want to like prove it to themselves but I think the funniest part about that was, is I want to say his 14th shot finally got out of there and was still like 240 yards from the hole. And he like flags and like a wood to like eight feet and ends up making it for 16. <laughs> Just the, the overall overarching talent on one hole of making a 16, but hitting a shot that, that wows people is, is the talent that these guys have. And uh, getting into that John Daly, basically, I was doing some research on that. And so this is in 1998. So we were all wee little tykes at this point. Um, but it was on the, so let's see here. Oh, man. It was on the Bay at Bay Hill. It was on uh, the par five, sixth hole. It's basically one of those holes where you can cut the you well you think you can cut the entire par four into or par five into one shot um but he did not do that basically he took uh seven shots off the tee finally dropped and hit a three wood that was his 13th shot or 14th shot then he had still had a six iron into the green for 15 that bounces off a rock rk style at at raccoon creek (laughs) And then goes into the bunker and he ends up making 18 from there. So, but five consecutive shots in the water straight up, just tin cup. Like I, I, you know, like you just think you got it and you just don't have it that day. You just, John, it's not John Daly is John Daly is the ultimate king of not giving a fuck on the golf course, which I think at all of our, at one point in all of our lives, we can definitely relate to, but there is actually another story. I think that also made the not top 10 where John did end up taking an X. He was out at Whistling Straits for a senior PGA championship. I want to say three, between three and five years ago. It was a little while ago, but he was so fed up. Spencer, uh, you will, I'm going to give you some credit here because you've played Whistling Straits. 
What is the part, the iconic part three with the water on the right? Seven shipwreck. Okay, seven. I'm almost positive. John Daly got so fed up that he dropped every single ball and hit it off the tee straight into the water <laughs> so he could run out of balls and DQ himself. Oh my god. So so, so that is like the yeah, that is just the ultimate X. I think he had eight, nine, ten balls, and he just kept dropping another one, aiming right into the water. Just pumping and pumping and <clears> pumping him. And then I want to say he threw his club in the water also. Those could be two separate occasions, but I think overall it was uh, pretty much the same idea. I think he's done that multiple times, but that is just the ultimate get me off the golf course move. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've had, if, if we're talking about the subject of like, you're playing bad and want to get off the course. There was one time my senior year where I was shooting, like my scoring average between was between 72 and 73. I was playing very well so far that year. And we were playing out in the middle of nowhere, like out in fucking Lyman or Sterling or I don't know where for some unbeknownst reason. I was already pissed off about that. We were playing some nine hole goat ranch. And I was like, what am I doing out here? And so I, I like double bogey the first hole. And then I bogey the second hole part. I was basically like three over four over after four something like that. And so I wasn't happy to begin with. I was like, how am I ever going to financially recover from this Joe Exotic style? I was like, I'm never going to recover. <laughs> and so I'm walking down the fifth hole and I'm walking through the native and I like turn my ankle in like a vole hole and I like go down. I just <laughs> like the Kool-Aid man, like a fucking ton of bricks. I just dropped to the ground. I was like, I can't keep going. And I, I just withdrew. I texted my coach. I was like, pick me up. I'm laying in the dirt on five. Like I just drew it out for all it was worth i acted like oh my god i fought my ass off and then we immediately got back to the clubhouse i was like i'm gonna go practice my putting and i was just standing on the the putting green practicing for two hours while everybody finished the round but yeah that's uh that's one of those days where i was like i'm not finishing this like i'm not gonna swallow this 80 on this goat ranch i'm gonna get <laughs> off the golf course go in and eat some lunch and, and go putt a little bit so that it's not one of my proud moments, but I'm not going to lie. I, I totally flopped the shit out of it trying, just trying to get off the course. I was going to say, I don't necessarily remember. So, like, talking about the highs and lows, I don't remember, like, any score I've had over eight. And I'm 99% sure that's because I just have erased them all from my memory. Like, I, I really racked my brain today. And early on in my competitive golf career, I made some – really high scores so I know I must have I mean maybe it was just <laughs> several eights in one day but I will say I remember my worst round ever and especially competitively it was a C what is it CJGA event and it was at um is it called King's Deer yeah, yeah down a monument. Down there, monument yes and the the wind was absolutely howling that day and anyone who knows me knows I don't, I don't do well in conditions in golf. I just, I, I, I don't persevere. Um, and or so, fly soft. Absolutely. When it comes to golf, I am soft as shit. Um, and I just like, 
my my all of my drives were just ballooning like balloon slices that were just going like hundreds of yards away from the fairway and i, I just <laughs> hacked my way through the whole course literally just miserably i should have found a molehill and turned an ankle on like the sixth but instead i turned in a i turned in a 116 that day oh and that's I, a tough pill to swallow like and then on top of that i had like a wind burn on my face and like i was so mad i remember my just mom battered yeah, my mom picked me up from the course, and I just didn't say a word in the way home. I was just like, I don't want to talk about it. Just sat there and sulked. That's not a short drive from Boulder either. So to go down there and shoot that number, I can imagine I'd be, I'd be pretty frustrated myself. Um, it was so, it was I, so windy though that I legitimately, at one point, like full on pulled a chip, like just yanked it, and the wind blew it all the way back to like inside two feet i was just like this is the dumbest thing <laughs> that that course definitely sits in a spot that's pretty prone to some weather um not unlike the valley of fun honestly i mean we have a little bit more tree cover but they're kind of in a similar um setting kind of sitting down in a little valley out in the middle of nothing and they have like zero trees out there so i could see how it would blow like 50 60 miles an hour out there for sure it was so bad i was so mad well, th- thinking of reminding you hitting all those drives, like all the way to the right, that reminded me of just the fucking funniest round I ever played with Mitchell on my bag at common ground. It was like a qualifier for something. And I'd been grinding, like practicing, like getting ready for this qualifier. I think it's the Colorado PGA, like whatever qualifier. And I'm not joking you when I said that we were in the weeds every single hole at that course in that oh. thick ass shit, because I, every drive I hit was like, what you think is right. And then another 50 to 60 yards, right of that, like on, <laughs> on, uh, on eight, uh, nine, I was close to like 17. That's how far right it was. Like it was over 18. No, not 17, the part three, 16 or whatever that is. And I was like over nine on 10. I was over into like the right side of, of nine, almost onto 11 T box. Like it was on, the on one. Thing. He aimed at the driving range and hit it in the fucking right row. <laughs> I, I've never seen a banana like that before in my life. I, I was like trying to fix his swing in the middle of the round and he could just not execute. And then I just started like talking shit to him, but you eventually get to the point where you just feel bad. Like you, I, I couldn't be like that big of a dick. Cause I just felt it in my heart for him. I mean, we are blood relatives. I was like, I can't, I can't talk any more shit to him. Like, this is just flat out embarrassing. I'm done looking through the fucking weeds. My, my knees are bloodied. I look like I just got back from fighting in the war because Spencer can't keep in the fucking fairway. <laughs> Dude, I, I was literally like, my grip was probably so strong that my left hand was turned upside down by the end of it because he kept telling me to strengthen my grip so I didn't hit it right. And I was like, flex I, your lead wrist, fucking strengthen your grip. Just quit doing what you're doing. Do the opposite of what you're doing. And he, he just kept doing it. There was okay. nothing to fix it. No, no mid round fix there. No. So there, speaking there, of, Oh, go ahead, Dre. Oh, I was just going to say uh, the, the most recent one that happened to me is, is I had a case of like the whole hooks uh, at, Henry the course that Henry's parents live on in Montana we went up there and I was so excited to play the course but the whole course is lined by like forest like not even like 
trees. It's forest. So if you go in there, you have no chance of finding it. Not to mention there was like seven holes with in-course OB. And I I must like I I don't even know what I made that day. I must have gone OB on all seven of those and hit into the and hit into the woods another dozen like or another five or six times and I was so like I was just beside myself but like not in like an angry way just like sad I was just like I don't just know rattled yeah like, I was like you, I can't even comprehend it I can't yeah. put it in play like I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> everybody has those days that's for sure well so Mitchell you're talking about John Daly being the the king of not giving a fuck on the golf course so why don't we talk about the king of sports books and DraftKings Sportsbook America's top rated Ooh. number one sportsbook app and we all know this is coming right around the corner. It starts for all of us, I guess, if you will, the in our fandom, the day of the DNVR golf tournament. But college football season is right around the corner. And DraftKings, obviously, like it's fun to bet on baseball, basketball, the other sports. But football is the bread and butter of the betting world, and it always will be. And for starting uh, start the uh, start of college football season, DraftKings is giving you the chance to win $200 in free bets instantly if you just bet $1 on a college football game. So I believe week zero is coming up pretty soon. Ride would know more exactly when that is, but. Yeah, last we'll week pause. of August. Yeah, we have a college football game this month in August, and DraftKings is giving you the chance to get 200 to 1 odds on a $1 bet if you place any bet, winner, loser, like my bets, on a college football game. So head over to that DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that promo code DNVR when you sign up. Make sure you click the boost and all you have to do is bet $1, turn it into $200 in free bets, and your football season is off and running with a fat DraftKings account where you can just go crazy, get in some parlays, get in some teasers, listen to DNVR bets daily. They're on not even a heater anymore. They're just good at this point. They're just really good. So catch them over at DNVR bets. But DraftKings is the one we all use. We're all into it. So use that promo code DNVR. Get over there and get 200 to 1 odds on any bet you place in a college football game. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure. And it's right here in the United States. So it's easy to withdraw your money at the drop of a hat and pay your credit card bill off or head to the DNVR bar, whatever you want to do. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR, and you're going to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. All right. So we've gotten our highs. We've gotten our lows. Let's well, go wait, to – I'm sorry. I just got to drop my, my worst moment um, at Highland Hills. I made a 13 <laughs> – on i want to say like the 16th hole out there is there there's a creek that runs all the way up the left and it i'll keep it short and sweet um there's native on unlike the right this unlike this hole apparently yeah no it's the longest hole in my life um i think i was already on like my 12th ball that day i w- i remember vividly i was playing ram golf balls <laughs> like the the logo was just all fucked up like all crooked the line was I was like, I, and I remember thinking in my head, I was like, I don't deserve to play a better golf ball than this. So I'm just about to like finish for the day. And uh, so I pump one right into the native 
And I'm like, oh, I'll play it smart and lay it up. And so I lay it up just like 80 yards short of the shit. And this is before I knew how to hit like less than a full shot of anything. And I think I hit like four into the water. Like I had my fuck it moment and just kept hitting him into the water, hitting like just shit pumping him. And then finally I blew one over the green, chipped it back on. I think it came out to like a 12 or 13. And I shot like a 112. First varsity tournament ever as a freshman. And I definitely cried when I got home. I'm not ashamed to admit that. I the the waterworks were very real. So I assume I, the worst part was like facing the other, like the upperclassmen on the team afterwards. Well, Spencer was posted. one of them. Yeah, <laughs> Spencer was one of them. I think he shot like I think he shot like 75 or 76 that day, and I was like, "Oh, dude, sick! I shot 112." <laughs> like, uh, I was like, "Guys, I keep telling you, my brother's going to be really good. He's, I promise." <laughs> I yeah, and I, I just had the ultimate bed bed wedding day of my career. So, uh, yeah, I I think uh, the the worst bed wedding day of my career wasn't necessarily a single hole, but that I can remember. But when I went to the PGM, I was a freshman, and I got paired with three seniors at Bear Dance for a fucking twenty seven holer. So we go out there for eighteen. We play eighteen. Oh, didn't holes, you just then, start shanking it? Dude, it was a full shank job at Bear Dance all day. I, I shot 39 on the last nine, literally aiming dead left and just hitting these low <laughs> missile shanks down the fair. It was and these three seniors, I did I literally wanted to quit the PGM at that moment. They hate they were like one of them was the president. I'm like, why do we pair all my friends are playing together, having a good time, sneaking shots on the course? And I'm out here with three seniors shanking it around to, I think, a 125, I want to say, or 120. It was that bad. It was like I should have never played again after that, realistically. There's certain courses, like like Spring Valley, if you don't have your best stuff, like you can get, get away and then like like work your way back with a nice approach or something because you hit a terrible drive. Bear dance, if you don't have it that day, you are in big trouble. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's just true. It's like kind of like Henry's situation, but just for you, you can't go in there and find it. And if you find it, you're not going to really be able to hit it. So you just got to go back to the spot you just hit it and shank it over there again. <laughs> oh. um, a couple, so a couple of the submissions we got. Thank you guys all for uh, replying to us on Twitter. So the first two I'm going to read here are a couple of twelve. So that's that's rough writing that down. Sometimes it doesn't even fit in the box if your handwriting's big enough. Uh, the first one's from Ryan Lasson at DD Lookalike on Twitter. And it was, he said he got a 12 the first time golfing with his boss on the second hole. He had to finish it, just had a bad hole. His coworker complimented him for finishing the hole and posting the number. He said, I'd like to think I'm a bit better than a 12, but I posted it anyways. That boss, that boss has also promoted me twice. And I can just say that I bet you anything. It's just some dude that's like, hey, now I got some guy that wants to play golf that I'm just going to whoop his ass on the course <laughs> and take all his money. I'm going to keep this guy around uh, <laughs> and just keep whooping him on the course. And then another, another one from Nate Perry at Nathan P 2022 on Twitter. This is the worst. So he was struggling during a high school tourney. His coach decided to walk along with him and give him some tips, help him settle down. And he proceeds to card a 12 on the next hole with only one lost ball. So that's a lot of either whiffs or misses or a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of bad shots going on if you're not losing golf balls. Cause that can, that can turn a whole score up real quick. Yeah. And the funny thing about like, <clears throat> like, I can't remember who it was. I saw a TikTok the other day from a tournament and I actually thought it might've been Siwoo Kim, but I don't know if it was him. 
so he had one of the ones where it was like a par five and the approach was was you could either go around the water or go over it and he was in the rough just short of the water and he hits the first one in the water and i just know exactly what was going through his mind which is like okay well now to post a, a good score on this hole i have to knock this next one close well he goes for it again plunks it in the water again and then at that point you're like okay well i have to get it this time and so he ended up putting four consecutive ones in the water and that's just like the worst feeling when you've already put one in the water you know you like you feel like you can hit that shot so you want to do it again and then the, the further you dig yourself down of the hole, the harder it is to get yourself out of it. Oh, 100%, dude. I, once you get into that hole, you're just grasping for straws, and it's just not a, a good place to be. You go down this mental uh, rabbit hole where you, you don't, you're searching for anything. You have no idea what's going on. You're panicking. You're questioning all your life decisions. And there's really just no turning back. I mean, you've already put your foot in it. You might as well finish it off, right? Can you imagine, too, like having the crowd there as you hit the first one in the water? It's, oh, oh. Then the second one, oh, oh. Like, they just kept getting louder every single time he splashed one. Like, I can't even imagine what that feels like. It would be great to see a, like, wasted management level crowd at at a, at a hole where something like that happened because – they would be absolutely ruthless with you. And I think they, <laughs> even pros get to a point where unless the dude's struggling to keep his tour card, like they think that shit's hilarious too. Like, yeah. I mean, Siwoo Kim's on a private jet afterwards with Kevin not laughing about it, you know, like it's not in the moment. He was even probably got to a point in that moment where he was just like, ah, you know, there's really nothing I can do here. I'm just going to keep going for it. I'm already out of the tournament. It's so crazy though, that it happened on a par three. Cause that's one where it's just like, you just have to hit one good iron shot. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I blade, I hit one in the water and the next one's bladed over the green where it's safe for sure. Or I take an <laughs> extra two clubs and just blast one over. Yeah. Like to just keep going back to it and you just cannot like hit the shot you're trying to it has to be for a professional. I can't even imagine what that feels like. I, I think it's more just stubborn than anything because obviously, you know, it's not the club, but you think it's the club. It's like Costner, 10 cup on 18. He, he's like, I know I can get it there. And it's like, maybe you can one time out of 10, but just swallow it, take it, take one more club and fucking move on to the next hole. Quit trying to put your foot in the ground. Like your golf is, I mean, we've talked about it a hundred times, but golf will humble you at one point, no matter what. And if you think you can beat golf, you're sorely mistaken. So just take your, take your fucking six or whatever you want to make on the whole, eat your humble pie and move on to the next, you know, it's, it's not worth uh, making a 15 over or a 13, I guess. Yeah. Here, here's another good one from uh, Michael Colander, who's actually been on our podcast, one of our good buddies and uh, caddy over at Colorado golf club. He took a nine on a par four, which is pretty rough. At least it's not double digits. But it, he made birdie on six of the seven previous holes, and then oh. and then slaps a nine in there. I, I you're licking your chops, thinking course record at that point, and it's like, and then it just immediately, like you said, humbles you in one one single hole. It <laughs> <laughs> just reminded me of Mitchell at Red Hawk. Oh, don't do that! <laughs> <laughs> don't do that! 
don't start with I that. I don't want to talk. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Red Hawk Ridge. That place is fucking easier than shit, Chris. If you're listening to this, <laughs> that I, I will have the course record one day at that golf course. Don't get me wrong. Chris have- might not. He might not work there anymore, but I'll I'll still get the fucking course record. I have to finish the story. I haven't told that on here. I don't think. Go for it. I'm playing with Mitchell. He grabs me in the cart. He's like, I don't know why. I just woke up today feeling like I might set the course record. And I was like, damn, dude, that's sick. (laughs) So we get up to the first tee. I didn't hit a fucking – no, I hit a few range balls, I guess. Yep. We we go to the first tee, and he's like, do you mind if we – because we're playing in the DNVR league, so we usually play one up from the back. He's like – you mind if we play the tips just in case something crazy happens? I'm like, hey man, let's do it. And what I like, I've never, I don't see Mitchell hit like really bad shots. Like I'm just used to him just buttering one down the middle. And on the number one tee, he just yanks it like 60 into yards the road. Left, into the road, just rolls. It's a downhill road. It probably went, it was probably like a 700 yard drive. Even the but, starter said something about you can probably go get it out of one of those people's yards, like down at the bottom <laughs> of the hill. I was like, thanks a lot, dude. I just uh, fucking snap hooked the shit out of it. And actually, the funny part was I had like a six footer for par and I missed it. I hit, then I piped the next one. I hit like an eight iron, five or six feet, and just missed the par putt. So I ended up making six on the hole with an OB drive, but yeah, that I, I don't think that's necessarily a good omen to step up and be like, yeah, I think I'm going to set the course record. I think I probably learned my lesson there. <laughs> so yeah, good. you're the, the perfect example of one of our TikToks is exactly what you were. Where's the first team? What's the course record? And then you, and then you hammer one I'm into ca- a backyard. I'm capable. <laughs> I'm capable, but yeah, I, I don't disagree. It was not a great look for me. Not a, not a, not the way I want to represent myself going forward. It was a good story. <laughs> it was a great story. Oh, yeah. And and I, I do want to say thank you to uh, everyone for all these submissions because a lot of the times I know for me, if I get to even like seven and it's and it doesn't matter and I'm not in a tournament where I'm keeping my score, that ball's getting yanked. That's like, you know, putters picking that ball up. I'm wedging it into the smashing it into the trees even deeper and walking off. Like it's, it's just not going to happen for me to write down an actual even 10 plus on my scorecard anymore. <laughs> it's that's a move on, or like that's a, we'll get them on the back nine type around or head straight to the bar type around. 100%. I'm disappointed. We didn't get the story from Vic. I, I tried to pry for it. Because I saw his submission saying he made a 16, which is higher than any number we've seen. I, I think we saw from anyone else in the comments. But maybe we can have him on one day and uh, and pry that story out of him. Oh, absolutely. When he's on this podcast, that's going to be the first thing that's brought up. And it may be the only thing that's brought up if he wa- walks out of there after we ask him why, why he made a 16. But, yeah, that's – I just – it's rough, dude. That's – I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely probably made one in my life, but once I get to, you know, once you start, it doesn't always, it doesn't seem as bad. Usually once you start counting it, like if you have a bad hole, you're like, ah, that was, you know, that was really bad. And then you start counting it and you're like, oh, okay. Maybe it was only an eight, only a nine, but a 16 is like, that's like four holes in, in one. If I know Vic though, he is a stubborn man. 
So I'm yes. sure he was convinced he couldn't hit the shot and just kept hitting it and kept hitting it and kept hitting it. Yeah, and so for all those of you guys that didn't know the Tin Cup reference, please go watch that movie if you like golf at all. It's great. Uh, basically, is it Costner? I'm not very good with actors. Yes. Yeah, Kevin Costner. Yeah, so Kevin Costner is in a, uh, playing a golf tournament, and he keeps just having his caddy hand him ball after ball after ball, thinking he can hit this five wood over the water, I believe. Um, and he and sometimes you just can't do it. You know, you get you get in your There's head. There's a lot more like, to the movie than that, but yes. <laughs> well, well, I, I, you know, it's been a while. I'm not a big, I'm not a big movie guy, but it's worth worth the watch. Let's put it that way. It's a fantastic movie, probably in my top ten of all time. Oh, all right. Big, big. Uh, uh, Is that like cup. a hot take? No, I don't. I just don't remember it. You know, it's just not one of my it's not one of my most memorable movies. It's a, sure. it's a classic. I think it's right up there with Happy Gilmore, if I'm being honest. Is it the one where isn't that the one where he like starts out on the Texas driving range? It's a giant pile of shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a West Texas driving range pro. And I, I don't know, maybe it just hits a soft spot in my heart because I feel like I'm the same kind of person. <laughs> Mitchell and Ke- Mitchell and Kevin Costner. Yeah, I, twins. I mean, there's, life. there's so many parallels; it's insane. <laughs> I can't even begin to talk about them. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for joining us, RK. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Big Drive Energy. You guys, hey, they- quick, quick shout out to yeah. Nelly Corda for winning the U.S. Olympic gold. Oh, yeah, get, um, let's get gonna- into a little Olympics before you wrap this up. Okay, so I. Uh, we wanted to talk about this earlier. We just hopped right into kind of shit show that ensued, but Nelly Corda took home the gold. I want to say shooting 17 under. Yeah. 17 under for four days shot a tournament low 62 in the second round and then finished with two 69s on the weekend. Nice. And took home the gold for the U S to sweep the golf Olympics for the entire world we are the best golf country in the entire world hands down let's go we have all don't we have all four of the last majors too no we don't we don't have the masters i'm an idiot we oh have the last yeah two you, majors. yeah foot and mouth there but foot good and one. Mouth, i do that a lot well, before I do that again, appreciate you guys all listening to uh, Big Drive Energy. Uh, thanks for RK for joining us. Don't forget, guys, we have the DNVR kickoff classic coming to you September 3rd. The Buffs play that day. Just take the whole Friday off. It's the weekend. It's Labor Day weekend. You know, I you're going to want- learn the Rams also play that day. The Rams also play that day. So we got CSU, we got CU, Labor Day weekend. You're going to want to take that fourth day off and get the party started early. So head over to the DNVR.com under that DNVR kickoff classic. You're going to be able to sign up a foursome. You can sign up just as a single and we'll pair you with some other DNVR members, some awesome people. Um, There's also whole sponsorship signs available. So if you can't make it to the tournament, but you want your company uh, to be shown there to all the DNVR members and and guests that are playing in the tournament, you can do that too. So head over to the the DNVR.com, find that kickoff classic, sign up for that, take the day off, come have a party with us. 
We also got, we've got a ton of stuff as far as giveaways, prize bags for the tournament. The winners will be receiving each a brand new Callaway golf bag. So we got a lot of stuff for you guys. So please hope you come out and join us. Once again, that's the dnvr.com to sign up. And if you have any questions, you can always hit us up at the golf rose at dnvr at the dnvr.com. So once again, RK, thanks for joining us, Mitchell. Thanks for joining me. And for this episode of big drive energy, we'll talk to y'all guys next week. Peace. Peace.